Amen. Good morning. Turn your Bible to Acts chapter 14. We're going to be following Paul on his first missionary journey. We continue to do that um, this week. Uh, it just has been an interesting um, few days and the week um, as pastor and parents. We've been getting updates all week long for what's going on with our students and uh, how God's moving their life and then uh, coming into this weekend realizing we were going to be having a family service today and and when we have a family service of all ages in uh, we're a little bit more conscious of time than we used to be so you guys we love you um, if you have grown-up kids and you're like what pastor just think back just think back man it, it's amazing but in doing that um, was just really looking into um, the sermon this week and planned on being in Galatians a lot. So I, I'm going to Panera Bread where um, I'm, I'm just having some quiet time and, and just really buckling in on Scripture. And, and, and as I'm studying and God's Word is, is coming out, like I'm just, I'm just smitten. I've been captured by... Um, 14 chapter 14 verse 2 all week and I've tried to get past it and look in other places but I've been been unable to if you have your Bible look at chapter 14 verse 1 and 2 and I'll stop there for a minute it says now at Iconium they entered together and set into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed but the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their mind against the brothers um, and I haven't been able to get away from this picture of um, poisoning minds. And I, I've looked in commentaries to try to get other, see what other pastors say about it. And it just seems like everybody blows by this. And so I'm, I'm just start writing. I, I don't know how you think uh, sermons are prepared. Probably some wise pastors have formulas that they put into place and can follow their whole life. Um, I just journal. That, that's how I start every sermon is I'm just, Lord, show me what you mean to me. Show me what you're saying. As I'm journaling, I just start weeping and crying in Panera Bread. Like, it's one of the days where you don't want me to have my First Baptist Church on because people are thinking this guy's unstable or his wife just left him. We don't know what's going on. So I'm like, God, I love you. And I'm praying. I'm wiping my, my tears a little bit and I'm sipping on my iced coffee, which is really just almond milk with a shot of regular coffee right now. You know, and I'm just trying to get over it because the Lord won't let me get away from this. And, and I get home and uh, Connor's sitting on, on the couch and he's got a new Bible and he's circling words and he's in Timothy right now and he says, you know, Dad, let me ask you a question. Why does Paul say, I'm not a liar to this letter to, to Timothy? And I said, because if you look at Paul's story, the, the accusations that kept coming out against Paul were attacks on his identity and attacks on his character, then attacks on the message. Because if they could devalue the messenger, then the message has no value either and and that's what i started just kind of drinking up as i started to think man, wow how much poison is being poured into the water it's not a new tactic um my dad is a salesman we'll talk about my dad a little bit today he passed away three years ago um but he was a good salesman um, I loved watching him build relationships that, that had product to kind of keep going uh, in and out of season. And, and in watching him, I learned as a salesman, you highlight the strengths 
and you glaze the weaknesses amen don't deny them completely because everybody knows there's something wrong here but you just you kind of glaze them and i started thinking through scripture a little bit that way and that's what satan did in the garden isn't it he said to adam and eve did God tell you if you touch this tree, if you touch this fruit, that you will die? Well, God didn't say touch it. He said eat it, but that's close enough. Just glaze the truth. Death is a part of that. He says, but don't you realize when you eat the fruit, you'll become like God? I mean, that sounds like a pretty amazing thing, right? Cosmic power. Right? That was, the, that was Aladdin. That's not God. But you follow me. We... Well, what's the truth? Well, if you bite the apple, you will know good and evil. What he left off is because you will become evil. You see, that lies come so close to the truth that it's hard to tell the poison from the fresh water sometimes, isn't it? I mean, for the past year and a half, as we are living through this pandemic, and even still, we're navigating it. We, we know things are tricky. We know that there's a little poison in the water, but we, we don't know who's poison and what, where, when, how, and, and why. We, we don't know exactly where the truth is. And so we find ourselves kind of thrown off balance. That's what's happening in the Galatian region around Paul. You see, the Jews, we know from, from the rest of Acts, we know from the, the words of God that they were poisoning their brothers by trying to show them that having faith in Jesus was not enough. Clinging to the Lord is not enough. That you have to be willing to do something with it. We know the poison in the water is works. We know that the attacks on the Christian church and, and his people were over and over that, that grace is insufficient, that the gifting of God, following him as Jesus as Lord, it's not enough, so there has to be more in this. Now check this out. Look at verse 3 in chapter 14. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says this, so they remained, after they poisoned their mind against the brothers, so they, that means Paul uh, and Barnabas, so they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, bore witness to the word of grace, granting signs and wonders to be done. Now, now, it's an interesting thing I want you to know. So Paul and Barnabas are sharing the good news while active poisoning of the water is happening against them, and they stay a long time, and guess what happens? The poison never stops flowing. In fact, when Paul and Barnabas left to continue the gospel mission, we see in the word of Galatians that the poison kept coming. Church, here's what I, I want you to know. The poison, the, the lies of the enemy are not momentary. They're not like a wick on a candle that eventually will burn out. They're like an oil well that keeps naturally replenishing. And so today, the warning for us, for the Galatian church is this. If you and I have a short-lived or, or Christ is your short game, an hour here, an hour there, you're really just delaying the inevitable defeat that you will taste. Because if we play a short game with Christ 
and the enemy is poisoning the water in a long game, eventually our short game will be overwhelmed by the long game. And that's exactly what happened in the Galatian church. They started going back to their old practices. They started losing communication and contact as a family. They started having their, their, their systems break down. And it was no longer covered by Christ, but covered by this poison. Before the Pharisees were ever born, the Lord said, Guard your heart, for out of it flows the wellspring of life. Church, we don't guard our church an hour here or an hour there. Guarding our heart takes diligence. I, I have a confession to you, and I want you to know this about, about me. Um, there, there are really two things that, make, that I'll cry about. You've seen me in church. I'll have tears going down. So if you ever see me in public crying, I'll, one of two things is happening. One, I'm reading my Bible. The second thing is I'm probably watching a movie like Father of the Bride on my phone, and I'm imagining my, my daughter in the role, or I'm watching a movie where the dad saves the day, and his son comes and gives him a hug and says, I'm proud of you. I don't know why that is, but those are my two weaknesses. That's my kryptonite, father of the bride and Jesus, all right, as it comes into that. I'm going to weep because, because of those things. But in that world, the question starts to become, why does my heart break for what's going on around me? Well, because those two things tend to be fresh on my heart. I don't want the Lord to be moved far from me and I want to steward my family for the Lord well. Those are the two things that, that, that fall and they're not and my family is underneath. It's because of him. And so as I'm reading this and my eyes are falling out, I start to think, church, do we know that the enemy is poisoning the water today? And we look in the Old Testament and the New Testament, we say, oh, I get it. I can see how the enemy poisoned the water. Faith and works, totally clear. In fact, I could look overseas and say, in communist countries, in, in socially oppressive situations where the church is outlawed, denied, or watered down, I can see the poison, but the enemy is crafty. He doesn't always come up front. Sometimes he's coming up front while the big attack is around back. And I started to think of what does poisoning look like in our country here? And this is what is interesting. I was reading some statistics this week. And you won't believe this, but 16% of Americans trust TV media. 16%. Written media, it's 21% trust written news. So, so if we, we pull that together, that's a pretty small minority, right? That's a pretty small number. 16% trust the TV news, 21% trust the written news. But guess what? We can say nobody trusts the news, but, a, but a, a steady pounding from a wet newspaper will pack dirt hard, won't it? Right? Steady, steady pounding from a weak object over time tends to harden our heart, doesn't it? Even if we know we don't trust it, there are threads that look like truth that come in and make its way through. And the news is not just on the TV and it's not just on, it's not just on newspaper. It finds its way in through social media because everything's an opinion article now, amen? 
And, and I, I started looking at this, and then I just started reflecting on what has been beating me for the past year and a half in a way that's unusual. And there are two stories that have been said in different ways over and over and over again. And if you'll watch for it, it seems like it's everywhere. The first story that I, I wrote down was this. All evangelicals, and the word evangelical in the way that we would use it here, is Christ followers who hold God above all in the personal relationship with Jesus Christ as our way and message of life. That, that would be, uh, that, was, that was not my definition, that was a, a, even a, a newspaper writer's definition. All evangelicals have forfeited their morals for government gains. All evangelicals are forfeiting, are forfeiting our morals and our following of Jesus Christ to make headwinds in the government. I start to read how many talk about a person tweeted here, a pastor said here, all of a sudden, out of millions of evangelicals, one here, two here, speak for everybody. All of a sudden, in this realm, we start to see if you voted a certain way, that means that you're sold out to a cause. Has anyone ever met a perfect politician? Lord, no. Right? But, but that this has been sewn in. If you're evangelical, then you are attached. You're a minority if you don't believe this. But you have stopped worshiping Jesus and you've started worshiping political advances. Man, I, I've read that over and over again. But, but there's a second story that comes off of this. And this week it's been really popular. The bride of Christ is a white bride, a black bride, and an other's bride. But she is not one bride. There is a white church, a black church, and an other's church. Those are not my words. Those are words I have read. And these brides love self above others, but there is not one bride made of many people. What, what, I, what I have been reading and the poison that's been coming through is that what I see in this room doesn't exist. That a, that a church cannot and does not come together because of the groom they come together because of self connections and so the church is divided the church is separated the white church the black church the hispanic church the asian church all of these churches are, are criticizing and turning on brothers and sisters and articles will, will flow freely from it. It's very difficult to find the word evangelical in print without a word in front of it. Do you know what the word is? White. Look for it. Listen for it. Why? Why would someone poison the water? Because there's the evangelical thing. Huge deal. That the mainline church outnumbers the white evangelical church for the first time in 50 years. Do you, do you hear that? That what's the, the message is that the mainline churches who have devalued the gospel have been more open and liberal in advancing worldly 
things and enjoying the gospel on the side, the, the, the thought is they're growing. Church, let me be very clear to you. 30%, first time in history, are the nuns in this country. I have no religious affiliation. There's one group that's growing, those who do not believe. The mainline churches are decreasing at a rapid pace. The evangelical churches who believe Jesus Christ is the only answer is declining also because so many are tying and passing away and we are not evangelizing and sharing the gospel with our youth as we should. The evangelical church is still larger than the mainline churches who've made compromise but if you pull the bride and tear her apart and you throw a word like white in front of her, I can poison the water. I can, I can hit you with that wet newspaper over and over and over again. Church, let me be very clear. There is one bride of Jesus Christ. Do you know who makes us the bride? It is not our skin color. It is not our native tongue. It is not the amount of money in our pocket. It is the groom, Jesus Christ. In church, in the middle of all of those things, we have to understand that the poison of the enemy, the long game of the enemy, is still at work today, and it's hard. It's hard not to believe it. Why is that pain so real? Here's the reality. There is a lot of pain in our past. There is a lot of sin in our present. We didn't always stand up when we should have as the church. In fact, there were some and many that did the wrong thing. The pain is real and deep. And the enemy of the groom wants sores to fester, not healing to come. My dad, I, I wish you could have known my dad. You would have liked him because it was hard not to like my dad. As an adult, I can tell you this. Once I became a, a man and a father and a husband, once I gave my life and, and surrendered to the ministry, there was never a time that we got together that I can remember him not saying, I love you and I am proud of the man that you are. I mean, I, I'll be honest, I, I, I would be short-lived to find times when we were together that before I left, he didn't utter those two things. I love you and I'm proud of the man you are. But listen, my dad wasn't perfect. He wasn't perfect when he went home and he wasn't perfect my whole life as a teenager. He had a trouble. He had problems with alcohol. And I remember very vividly one night him picking me up as a young teenager from a party at night. And he had had too much to drink. And we got lost many times on the way home. And he threatened me to keep it a secret. I was going to be grounded. And then he was going to give me something if I kept it a secret. He scared me. And when I went home crying, I got out of the car. And I said, Mom, Dad is drunk. And he scared me. 
after that night the next day my dad woke up and he said I'm sorry and that never happened again see let me tell you something his apology was not enough to bring healing his promises of restitution were not enough to bring healing only forgiveness through Jesus Christ my Lord is able to bring healing and I love my dad church in this country in the bride of Christ only what the great physician has to give will heal and the enemy knows it so he poisons the water let the wounds fester let the herds pass don't forget what he said to you don't forget how she looked to you don't forget how they ignored you don't forget how they pushed you down don't forget what they did to you don't forget how they stayed silent before you don't forget the poison in the water says do not look for the bride do not look for Jesus Church, in this moment, in this place, we know exactly what Paul was up against in, in his story. As he tried to live for Christ, there were those who poisoned the water. So what do we do when there is poison in the water? Listen to verse 3 of chapter 14 again the Bible says this so they remained for a long time speaking boldly for the Lord who bore witness to the word of grace granting signs and wonders done by their hand it says that, but then the people stayed divided church we need to remember what Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 6 the Bible says it this way for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood we do not wrestle against the media we do not wrestle against activists we do not wrestle against one another for this war we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against the rulers and the authorities and the cosmic powers of this present darkness and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places church the battle that we are involved in does not have a man-made face attached to it. The enemy poisoning the water is a slave to a battle that he's already been defeated in, that she's already lost. And so if you direct your attention towards them, if I direct my attention towards them, then I'm drawn in to the loss and not throwing a hand to the victory for we wrestle not with flesh and blood but with spiritual forces church how do we wrestle with spiritual forces we stand firm with the Lord it says and so they remained if you have your Bible in first Timothy excuse me second Timothy this is what the the apostle Paul writes to Peter or excuse me to Timothy verse 6 for this reason I'm reminded you to fan the flame of the gift of God to stir up the gift of God in you. To, how do we stir up the gift of God? 
through prayer? How do we stir up this gift of God through God's word? How do we stir up the gift of God through brothers and sisters fellowshipping under the banner of Jesus Christ? Which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has given us, church, listen, a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Here it is. Here it is. You listen for it. Nor of me, his prisoner. Nor of me, but share in the suffering of the gospel by the power of God. Church, what do we do? We stay. How, how, do we, how do we fight these principalities? The Bible says first, they stayed speaking boldly the word of God. Church, we have to have the courage to speak God's word over our opinion. Church, we have to have the courage to speak God's truth when everyone else is bought into the lie. We have to remain and stay and speak with courage. And listen, courage often sounds like confidence in someone else. Fear doesn't wait. Fear throws and runs. It's not speaking boldly to throw gospel bombs wrapped in flames and tar at people. It's not, it's not courage to demoralize and to demean someone while telling them about Jesus. It takes courage to, to speak boldly and to remain when the poison is in the water to be confident and calm and say Jesus is the answer and I'll show you, I'll talk to you about how he loves you we have to stay church, the Bible says who bore witness to the word of his grace the word grace very very easily means generosity are you bearing witness of the generosity that Jesus Christ has brought to your life you see, what the enemy does when he's poisoning the water, when he's beating us down, when he's dividing the bride, you know what he's doing? He's tempting you to live out of a place of need and not generosity. I need affirmation because I am not experiencing the generosity of my Father's love for me. I mean, think about your child. If you have a five-year-old in the room, they want other people to like them, but as long as mom and dad love them and value them, their cup is full. Church, we have to speak of the generosity of Christ in our life how I should be angry but the generosity of Christ shows me my sin's the worst how I should be confused with the arguments around my character or myself or my identity but the generosity of Christ is what defines me not mixed messages of the world I should be worried I should be scared but the generosity of Christ has shown me that no matter what stands against me no weapon will prosper church that's what we do we stay with courage we stay bearing this word of generosity and church the bible says they grant we're granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands 
We need to let the wonders of God be seen so that the captives can be free and the enemy can be incensed. Our job is not to try to please and free or to make another angry. It's simply to be the vessel of Jesus Christ in this place. That's why we don't forsake the gathering together. That's why when in need, we ask people to pray and lay hands on us and pray over us. That is why when we are hurting, that the church is the one that shows the wonders of God in provision. We remain. And church, we remain knowing this, that even when we courageously show and speak the word of Christ, even when we live out and pour out of the grace, the generosity of Christ and testify to it, even when we allow the grand works of God to continue, the enemy will keep poisoning the water. If you read past verse 3, it says, but the people were divided. And after a lengthy period of time, they were about to stone and kill Paul and his friends. And so they moved on. Not forever, but for a season to carry the gospel somewhere else. Church, a battle of flesh and blood is not known, was not won with volume or rocks or witty cut downs or YouTube videos. It is a war that is already won because in the spiritual realm of which it is being waged, the author of life, the almighty God who created everything has already determined the victory the game is rigged. The one who created this world will win. And the invitation to stand with him is free of cost. That's how generous he is. Leaving behind what he calls you to leave and running towards the prize. That's what a response is church today maybe there's poison in the water in your home listen that wet paper has been beating me just like it's been beating you anger stirs disappointment stands and I find myself quoting scripture more and more come Lord Jesus come but until he comes to live is Christ. Until he comes, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. This life I live, I live by faith in the one who gave himself for me. Church, this morning, will you stay next to him will you stay with the church would you allow the grace of Christ to be evident and obvious 
in this world that is united in one thing, its brokenness, will be divided by the gospel. And some who are broken will be made whole, and some who have been struggling will be redeemed. Would you pray with me? Father God, Lord, the reality of life is, Lord, we go soft. I go soft. Father God, I, I know in my life, Lord, I, I feel the sting of the enemy saying, do not let the Savior heal those wounds. They're too deep. They're too potent. They're too powerful. Father, I, I know the, the hurt of the, the poking and the prodding that makes my skin want to callous and my heart want to become hard. Father, I've seen the evidence of men and women who play the short game with Christ and have fallen under our examples of deceit for the enemy. Father God, in this room, I pray that we would stay by your side, basking in the courage from your spirit. Father, I pray that we would stay in your place, God, oozing of the generosity that you have lavished upon us. Father God, I pray that we would stay so that your spirit might work wonders that breathe life to the lost. Father God, and that convict the enemy. Father God, I pray that we would stay alert for the enemy who prowls like a lion, trying to poison every angle until we are so soft in faith that he devours. Father, if there is anyone in this room who has been poisoned by that water so that they have never known life or generosity or courage that comes with a relationship with you, right now, God, would you allow them to see that in Christ is the only place where healing lands. In Christ is the only place where future lies. That in Christ, Father God, that's where life Lord, if there are any in this room who are burdened by the poison of this world, would you, in your generosity, bring healing that we cannot bring? In Jesus' name, amen.